Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young. Welcome to Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Today, I catch up with Kate Mahoney. Kate is a supplement expert and educator who founded the Supplement Academy. She has created courses for healthcare practitioners worldwide so they can navigate the ever-changing world of supplements with confidence and ease year after year. Kate is a board-certified functional health practitioner and former NTA instructor with almost 30 years of educational and professional experience. Our conversation was delightful, and I look forward to having Kate on many future episodes of Total Wellness Radio. So today, sit back and enjoy this episode as we catch up with Kate Mahoney from the Supplement Academy, and thank you as always for tuning in. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining me today on Total Wellness Radio. Uh, I have a very special guest from the greater Seattle area. Uh, Her name is Kate Mahoney. She is the founder of the Supplement Academy and has created courses for health practitioners worldwide. Get ready to have your socks blown off because we are going to cover supplements in a way that has been on my mind for a long time. This is such an overdue discussion and I'm certainly excited to share Uh, with our listeners today. Kate's over 30 years experience with supplements, with educations, with guidelines, and developing references for practitioners uh, and academies alike. So Kate, thank you so much to be on Total Wellness Radio today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Dan. And I I just wanted to clarify clarify really quickly that I have almost 30 years of experience. (laughs) But not over. Okay. Yeah, that's a couple of years away. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate, I appreciate the direct candor, right? That we're going to get some real honest viewpoints on supplementation today. That's what to look right. out for, what to watch for, the, the tragedy that is uh, plaguing the nutritional supplement industry of what is real and wholesome versus synthetic. We're just going to, yeah. we're going to dive into this and have a lot of fun. Before we, before we dive into the meat, however, I always love to have my guests share with the listeners, what is it, you know, the catalyst, Kate? What got you on this path in nutrition and supplementation and, uh, and natural health? I'd love you to take a few minutes and share kind of your backstory on that. Okay, well, it was kind of a step-by-step journey, really. Um, it started with back at around 1988 when I was just starting puberty, ah, I started showing signs and symptoms of what is now known to be a very rare autoimmune condition where I have an allergic reaction to my own sex hormones, the hormones that my gonads create. Um, It is something that was discovered, quote unquote, or rather actually dignified by a doctor over in Europe, I believe back around 2012, So as you can imagine, there were decades where my chronic health conditions were really misunderstood by um, allopathic medicine. And because of the challenges that I faced with allopathic medicine, not really understanding my autoimmune condition, which of course autoimmune back in 1988 wasn't even part of the common vernacular at the time. (laughs) So um, that started me on a journey once I hit adulthood of really trying to figure out what some of the more traditional 
forms of medicine, like the empirical evidence-based medicine, like um, Ayurvedic, traditional Chinese medicine, you know, all these things that have been around for thousands and thousands of years and have thousands of years of empirical evidence to back up their efficacy. And the fact that they're working constitutionally with the body, the fact that they're looking at the whole person, that was something that really, really interested me rather than just getting trapped in um, being looked at as a cacophony of symptoms, right? So once I hit young adulthood, I started venturing down that path in a variety of ways that led to me becoming a health and wellness consultant. And there was a lot of education that went along with that. But after a few years of the education that I received, which was phenomenal, I realized that it was very focused on selling supplements. And that wasn't really in alignment with me. What was in alignment with me was looking at the whole person, the whole body, and figuring out really what was going to be in support of them as an individual. Because you can say something like, well, this person is manifesting the symptoms that are commonly correlated with a magnesium deficiency. But the question is, is it really that they're deficient in magnesium? Or is it that their digestion isn't working well enough for them to be getting the nutrients from their food? Or is it that they are so dehydrated that they aren't able to have the intra and extracellular permeability in order to be able to get those nutrients into the cell. And not only that, but be able to remove the cellular waste that's building up inside of the cells, you know, and I know that I'm speaking your language, but it's like, there's so many things to consider. Or even on top of that, is it a nutrient imbalance? Because as you and I both know, nutrients are cofactors every structure and every function of the human body is built from and runs on nutrients. We are literally what we eat. True. <laughs> so there are so many different things to be looking at other than just this person is manifesting the symptoms that are commonly correlated with magnesium deficiency. There are so many different layers and everyone's story is different. How they got there is different and their journey back to optimal homeostatic health is going to be different too. I really learned this working on myself as you might be able to relate to as well. I don't even know if you have any chronic health conditions, but as someone with chronic health conditions can usually relate to when we are trying to find our own answers, often we are blinded by what we can't see, like we all have blind spots, which is why working with practitioners, even if you're a practitioner is so important. Yes. <laughs> that we all need to have our own practitioner and not just think that we are going to see our own blind spots because we're not <laughs> like having that outside perspective. And also, um, oh, what is it that I was thinking? Ooh, I'm losing my train of thought here, Dan. Well, we're, we, you and I got off to a very excited start before we hit record. So, Kate, this is wonderful and okay, we so speak in our language. Yes, let me try to sum it up. So essentially, before going down too much more of a rabbit hole, um, I had a very broad base and understanding of um, supplements and the functional use of supplements. But I wanted more of a foundation in nutrition, which was what I really believed in. So I entered a functional nutrition program. Um, the company that held the program, NTA, was so wowed by my supplement knowledge that they pretty much almost immediately out of the gate 
<clears throat> before I even graduated, asked me if I wanted to be an instructor. So I very quickly became an instructor for them. I taught functional nutrition for five years. But during that time, what everyone kept asking me about was supplements. And they're like, Kate, when are you going to make your supplement courses? Please, we want to know how to do what you do. And I'm like, well, any practitioner can do what I do. And so that's what led me to creating the Supplement Academy and its courses because I know that clients and patients, any client and patient can have successful results. It's just a matter of knowing and understanding how to work with the body. So that's really what I teach at like a functional level. What basis to cover before you even start recommending supplements? How to recommend supplements to make sure that the client's body is ready and most importantly, being able to figure out whether or not a supplement is even compatible with someone's body. Because as you know, Dr. Dan, people can react to literally anything. There are not just allergies, there's also sensitivities and intolerances. And considering how so many supplements have you know, carriers or fillers or excipients of many kind, we have to make sure that that whole supplement, everything that is in it, is going to be compatible with the person so that we're not doing undue damage. That's true, that's so true. You've touched on and unpacked so many <laughs> important points that we could go off in any direction we want for the next two days, I think. And yes. and, and so that's one for of the, the reasons. Next month. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, promise me we'll do it again. We're only 10 minutes in, but promise me we'll do it again. There you go. Yeah. You know, the, the notion that people suffer from, uh, you know, the different deficiencies and different things like that, and, and because there's so much and I don't like this term because it's overused these days, but misinformation, misguided information oh, yeah. that's out there about the difference between isolates versus whole food and herbals and extracts. And, yes. and I love what you touched on. It reminded me of my grandfather's problem when he had Parkinson's in 1974, which is what put us, my family, on this path to find a more traditional and more holistic, uh, wholesome approach. Uh, we obviously don't believe that you should be harmed in order to be healed. Uh, and, and, and what people don't understand is that you can be doing harm with the supplements. You kind of touched on that. Can you, can you kind of expound on that? Because as a practitioner, I get people to come to me all the time and they have a suitcase of stuff they're yes. taking from the oh local health food store. They, they've been told, hey, my nu the nutrition expert down at the vitamin cottage or whatever said, hey, this is the next best thing since sliced bread. And yet when we evaluate it and test them, I was like, well, you've got maybe two components of actual nutrition, and you used that word earlier, nutrition, mm -hmm. and a lot of fillers. Can you kind of expound on that for our listeners a little bit? Okay, so specifically speaking to the nutrients versus the fillers. Well, first of all, there's like what you touched on, the bioavailability or in layman's terms, effectiveness of the nutrient that is actually in a supplement. That is so, so important because um, as I believe you touched on, 
because we did chat for a little bit, I have to admit, before we started recording. <laughs> we were like, oh, wow, we're starting to get into it already, so we better hit the record button. Yeah. Um, so if we didn't hit the record button first, I apologize to the listeners. But earlier on in our conversation, Dr. Dan and I were talking about the bioavailability or effectiveness of different nutrients and the fact that there's all these different nutrient forms, right? So there are the isolates, which are man-made synthetics. And the thing to know about isolates, and when it comes to isolates, I'm talking about things like um, thiamine, HCL, which is an isolated form of the B vitamin thiamine, or things like ascorbic acid, which is not just an isolate form of vitamin C. It is also an incomplete form of vitamin C. It is only one isolated part of vitamin C. There are actually all these different other parts. And yes, I am referring to the um, bioflavonoids, but guess what? That is only one other isolated part. There are actually, if I'm remembering correctly, about five or six other parts to vitamin C to make it effective and bioavailable and bioactive in the body, <laughs> right? Yeah. So these are all things to think about. Now, there are also coenzymated forms of nutrients. There are chelated forms of nutrients. Chelated is when there's a nutrient, and I'm going to use minerals as an example, because minerals, when as a molecule, as a substance, they are not stable by themselves. They actually have to be chelated to another substance in order to stabilize it. But what the mineral, as Dr. Dan knows, what the mineral is chelated to will actually make that mineral more or less bioavailable and effective in the body, mm -hmm. right? So carrier, yeah. for example, um, but then you also have to think about the cleanliness and the efficacy and the bioavailability of the chelation substance. So let's talk about citrate, right? So the citrate forms of the minerals, that is bound to citric acid and citric acid is actually made from mold. <laughs> it is synthesized from mold and it is usually the growth substrate for the mold is usually super cheap GMO, also known as bioengineered plant substances like corn and soy and mm -hmm. things like that, right? Now, that's just citric acid. Ascorbic acid is very similar. Most ascorbic acid is made using fermented corn dextrose. So for people who have histamine intolerances or histamine toxicity, they're going to be reacting to ascorbic acid because it is from fermentation, right? So there are all these different reasons why people can be having bad reactions. So that's just talking about different nutrient forms, bioavailability. I mean, Dr. Dan, as you know, this is a whole topic. I could be going on about this for days. <laughs> I mean, it's such a large topic. That's the reason why my course is 60 continuing education hours. And, and that's me trying to like cram it into yep as small of a chunk as possible, <laughs> right? Yes. So, yeah. You mentioned your course. I think now is a great time to interject, and I just want to, I'm going to do a shameless plug. How's that sound, Kate? I want, to, I want everybody to know the oh, website sure. that they need to be checking out, all of you listeners. Now, before I do the website, is this something that practitioners clearly are going to benefit because they're going to gain practice principles when it comes to supplements to educate their clients 
Is this something a lay person should know about as well? I'm just curious. Well, the course is specifically for health practitioners okay. worldwide. Okay. And the reason why is because it, you need to have that foundational knowledge and understanding of anatomy and physiology okay. in order to get the maximum benefits out of the course because it is specifically addressing not just how to identify the supplements that meet your quality standards with 100% accuracy as a health practitioner, but the sole second half of the course is totally dedicated to the optimal therapeutic use of supplements in clinical practice, because that is something that most practitioners don't know how to do. It's yep. like, and just as an example, when we look at the stomach, okay, so the stomach is We've been functionally assessing the stomach, whether manually through applied kinesiology techniques or through functional lab assessment, right? There's so many different ways that we can assess with and work, for, work with our clients and patients. But we're assessing the stomach. The stomach shows signs that it is in stress. So we need to be asking ourselves a whole plethora of questions. So is the stomach in stress because the mucosal lining mm. that is supposed to line the stomach that protects the stomach from the naturally occurring acidity of the stomach, is that something that needs repair, right? So do we need to be supporting the mucosal membrane of the stomach? Is there a pathogen? For example, has H. pylori, which is naturally occurring in the small intestine, because the stomach is lacking acidity, which it should have, has the H. pylori been able to move past the pyloric sphincter mm from the duodenum up through the intestines into the stomach where it's like burrowing into the stomach lining, right? Is that something that we need to address? Which brings up another point. Is the stomach making enough HCL? Does it even have the nutritional cofactors to make its own HCL, right? These are all things we need to be looking at and asking ourselves. And the question is gonna be different for everybody, but it also goes back to, let's go back even further. Can the body get into a parasympathetic rest to digest state? Yes. Is it the HPA access that needs support? And when it comes to the HPA access, okay, this isn't just about the hypothalamus pituitary adrenals. We also need to be looking at the vagus nerve. We also need to be looking at the hippocampus. We also need to be looking at the brain. Is there leaky brain? Is there inflammation in the brain because they've had such long-standing leaky gut, small intestine, intestinal permeability that they are dealing with so much systemic inflammation that now they have brain permeability and yep. brain inflammation. And I cover, like that is just one very, very tiny example of how I help practitioners connect the dots when working with their clients and their patients, I am not about prefab protocols. I think that they are, excuse my colorful language, BS, yep. because that is not working at the person bio-individually. Correct. We need to be figuring out what does this person need? And I help practitioners understand how to create bio-individual customized protocols that are meeting the clients where they're at, at the pace that is right for their body so that they always have the success that is possible with each and every client they work with. 
For our listeners, the website to check out, if you're a practitioner primarily, this is pre- uh, primarily practitioner resources, you can check out uh, Kate's uh, course at www.thesupplementacademy.com forward slash resources. That's the, uh, the supplement company, uh, supplement academy, excuse me, dot com uh, forward slash resources. I encourage all practitioners who tune into this episode to check it out. Uh, I appreciate so many things. Can I add just a little bit of clarity there? Yes, please. So that website right there is actually a resource for anybody. Oh, good. Practitioners and resources. So that is the page where people, all people, lay people, consumers, clients, patients, and health practitioners, if you want access to a little bit more education from me, listening to me talking as a guest expert on other podcasts, you're gonna find all my podcasts there. But if you're a health practitioner and you want to find out more about the 15 week FSS program, FSS stands for Functional Supplement Specialist, then you wanna go to www.thesupplementacademy.com slash F as in Frank, S as in supplement, S as in specialist, 15. And that is where you can actually join the wait list. Excellent. Thank you so much for that clarification. I know we're going to have folks that are going to eagerly want to check out both. So that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, you touched on some wonderful things, and I see this clinically on, on a regular basis. We're, we're very blessed. We get to see probably 80 to 90 of office visits a week uh, here in our little clinic in Cheyenne. And, and you know, the, the, the status of the person's autonomic nervous system, you touched on that, sympathetic-parasympathetic yeah. relationship, most clients that we see are stuck in fight or flight. They're stuck in yes. that sympathetic dominant state. I've had Absolutely. people that electric stress wouldn't allow them to uh, utilize good quality whole food or herbal supplementation or that they were yep. sensitive to food even. You mentioned, yeah. you touched on that earlier as well, that we could give them a good quality supplement and they have almost an allergic or a sensitivity reaction. And we gotta have an evaluation process that helps bring that on display and determine, no, don't go down that path or go very small amounts over exactly. an extended period of time. Get the body's gut balanced yes. out so it can even handle whole food, whole food concentrates, herbal remedies. So this is, you're touching on so much that our listeners are gonna love uh, to go into. <laughs> you know, balancing out the, the gut, making sure about the, the uh, cofactors for digestion, the mucosal lining. Uh, toxicity. You know, this is interesting. Most people that I talk to don't even know how many bowel movements you should be having every day. But I yet they've got a suitcase full of supplements that's yes. actually contributing to the problem, not the solution. I, I know, because it all goes back to not just the bioavailability and the effectiveness of the supplements, but whether or not a supplement, a client's body is ready for the supplement and whether or not it's compatible yes. with that client. It's like, is that supplement actually what you need? I mean, I'm just here to tell any of your listeners who are not health practitioners, well, actually this goes for health practitioners too. Thank you so much for not being a trend follower <laughs> because There are so many new things coming out in the supplement world or in the natural health world all the time. And 
One of the things that I encourage all of my practitioners to remember is that simplicity is best. If we are looking at the body as a whole picture, if we remember the optimal health and function of the body, it wants to get back there. Yes. So what we need to be asking ourselves is how do we support this body's journey to get back there? And I am just here to tell you that does not happen by getting trapped in the minutia. And one of the practitioners that I have so much respect for is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. She wrote the um, the Gaps Gut and Psychology Syndrome book along with other books. She's a amazing practitioner. And what I especially love in, I forget, oh yes, it was in her book, Put Your Heart in Your Mouth, which addresses cardiovascular health. She spoke to how there are certain practitioners who fall down these minutia rabbit holes yep. that they lose sight of the whole picture. And it's like, we need to keep it simple. We need to take a step back. Don't get lost down those rabbit holes of like A1C markers or, you know, I mean, there are so many different things that we could let get lost down. Just keep it simple. Yes. You know, one of the things that I, that I love is that I sense that you talk, you know, food first, supplement second. I mean, I, I kind of get the gist, and I'll let you clarify yes. this point, but that the, the diet and lifestyle habits of the individual as part of that evaluation to get the right supplementation in place, you know, a lot of times clients think, well, if I'm taking my supplements, I should be fine, and none of these other factors are an issue because... They don't hear that in mainstream, that their lifestyle, their dietary choices, their stress patterns, that doesn't have anything to do with your health. It's, it's either you're old or it's genetic, and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it, you know? Uh, speak to that a little oh. bit from your experience. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, is it okay if I go down a slightly different path than what you might be expecting? That's fine. Please. Okay. So you were talking about diet and lifestyle and first of all, 100% yes, absolutely. And what this brought up for me as you shared that Dr. Dan is let's talk about the number one primary top cofactor in the body that most people are depleted in, which is clean water so true. because it's not just food. I think that kind of fits into lifestyle because, and this is something that I share with so many practitioners because so many times when people are going through my program, the question inevitably comes up of, Kate, what have you gotten paid to do more than anything else with your clients? And I'm like, teaching them how drinking enough clean water fits into their lifestyle bio individually because it looks different for everybody. And because this was something that came up so often and I realized that so many practitioners don't even know how to do it, by popular demand, I had to add this whole lesson on my five-step simple system of how to teach clients to bio individually fit drinking enough clean water into their life. And it's changing people's practices because they're like, I can't believe it. I worked on my client drinking enough clean water every day because they were already eating all the right foods. And it's miraculous. It's like 
80% of their symptoms have gone away. I'm like, I know. That's why I tell you that this is one of the bases you have to hit before you even go down the supplement. <laughs> enough clean water every day, enough of the right kind of movement for the individual every day, and the right varied foods, yes. right? So let's eat seasonally. Let's eat locally. Let's eat sustainably. Let's eat regeneratively. Let's know where our food is coming from. It's like one of the things that I tell people on most of the podcasts that I'm on, I always fit this in. I'm like, if you don't know enough about supplements to know which are the highest quality, which are the most effective, which are the most bioavailable, and which are actually compatible with you or for your clients, yes, and which one you or your clients need, you are better off sourcing the cleanest food and cleanest water possible. Like those are the best things you can do for your body. Just stay away from the supplements and spend your money on clean water and clean food or just sourcing clean water and then spend your money on clean food. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's food first supplement second is kind of our philosophy. It has been, you know, since day one, uh, you know, the human body knows what to do. It has an innate blueprint. We touched on it with the ANS, autonomic nervous system. Uh, it has that blueprint in there that when given the right circumstances, both internal and external environment, okay, yep. over time, not perfect overnight, exactly. consistency over time. And that's yes. what we, you know, when I, we have clients do food logs, that's the requirement. I've been, I, I've done food logs for, for years at some stretches because a client will come in and they'll show me their food log and they try to pull me to the mat and I'll say, well, here's mine today. Let's take a look, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so, and that's important because as practitioners, yes. here's something I've learned in 20 years of standing in the trenches. You're never going to have a client more compliant than you are. That's, Ooh, that is a good one. That is just, love it. it's just the truth. <laughs> If, am I taking the right stuff? Do I get checked on a regular basis? Am I drinking enough water every day? The, the tune of a 75-ounce mug three times, getting 30 ounces in when I wake up. That's the most dehydrated state we're ever in is the first thing in the morning because we've respirated all night long. We are actually getting rid of water vapor for six or eight hours. And most people yep. go to bed dehydrated to some degree. Exactly. So, So I love your comment about you know, getting them educated on the importance of water and the bioavailability it creates for the rest of the yeah. body and the things that you do. So, yeah, um, but not fantastic. just about water, but also the ability to teach our clients how it fits into their lifestyle. Because let's be blunt, telling people drink more water doesn't work. You're right. If they knew how to do it, they would already be doing it. That is our job. It is our responsibility as a practitioner to work with them and walk down the path with them to figure out how does this fit into your life? Yeah. You know, how can I make this doable for you? But not only that, also educating our clients on the healing reaction that they're going to have. Because yes. when we talk to our clients, they're like, I hate water. It makes me feel sick to my stomach. I get a headache. And it's like, let me give you some context for that, right? You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, there are so many different bases to cover when it comes to the water equation. It is not just telling your clients or patients drink more water. Yeah. 
And yeah. I love what you touched on. How many, <laughs> a large percentage of improvement can be experienced when we get back into that hydrated state. I love that you touched Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. When it yeah. comes to, you know, you mentioned uh, McBride's work earlier on the GAPS diet and things of that nature. Who else um, would you point to and say, hey, that person or that, that experience had a major impact on my, on my choice and my career? Oh, man. Okay. Um, Dr. Jonathan Wright, who wrote Stomach Acid is Good for You. Like that book changed my life. I refer to it often in my course um, as because what I love about that book is he offers so much substantiated proof of the correct and proper function of the body and the role that hydrochloric acid is supposed to be playing yes. in the digestive process. And that if that is not working, then everything else is going to get messed up. Right. So I really reiterate his work and I touch on that a lot when I'm going through the, um, the digestive part okay. of my program. And I talk about how, you know, if, if you're not looking at why the body is not making enough stomach acid, <laughs> which can be going back to the autonomic nervous system, HPA access, you know, or all those other things um, that I touched on a little bit earlier in this conversation, then you're not going to be addressing the root cause of digestive dysfunction. Yes, that's so true. That is so true. I'm going to kind of skip, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here because we have so okay. much content. It's just amazing. But for practitioners, again, uh, can you share a brief, uh, you know, uh, comments regarding the, uh, the National Association of Nutrition Professionals? I'm curious. Well, what do you want to know about it? The association, what it's for? Is it, is it for practitioners okay. to be a part of? Is that, is that who your uh, academy's through? That type of thing. Okay, great question. Um, so my academy is a separate entity. Okay. Um, the National Association of Nutrition Professionals is an association of nutrition professionals that is meant to give validity to unlicensed nutrition specialists and experts. Because we truly believe that just because you're not an RD <laughs> doesn't you. mean that you don't have the right to practice. Because if you look at the money that goes into programs like the RD and their association for their profession and everything, things like, you know, being sponsored by Kraft and Nestle and all of these processed food companies where they're teaching RDs that a fat is a fat and a carb is a carb and it doesn't matter the quality, if it's real food or not, it all breaks down to the same thing. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry, but processed food has existed at this point for less than a hundred years. Yep. If you look at the industrialization of food, it has existed for less than a hundred years. Before that, things like backyard gardens, that was the norm. Things like canning, eating seasonally, these traditional pieces of wisdom. Do you know that the government, well, actually you probably do know, but for any of you listeners who don't know, 
the government used to promote everyone have at least two chickens for every member of the family in order to ensure that a household could supply their own eggs. And since everyone had a backyard garden or even a front yard garden or even the whole garden was like a garden, yeah. you know, or food, not ornamentals, but actual food, <laughs> the chickens would help to fertilize it. The chickens were providing natural bug and pest control. Like it was this fully circular, sustainable, regenerative system. Yes. And we have gotten so far away of that. We are denaturing our food. We are breaking down the enzymes. We're destroying the probiotics that like the natural microbiome that is occurring in the soil, we are destroying that. Yes. Our food is not what it used to be. I feel like the world would be a much better place if we were getting back to these traditional pieces of wisdom. Like my parents, one was born in 34, the other was born in 36. Um, my dad passed away recently and he passed away at almost the age of 90 and my mom is still going strong she's like trucking along she still exercises regularly she's doing great i don't even know how much longer she's gonna live but probably a good long time and i look at someone like myself who is struggling with chronic health issues i was born in 74. it was during the period of time like in the 70s that processed foods were the norm i grew up on things like tater tots and hamburger helper and campbell's soup and all of these processed packaged foods it is no wonder that my body when it was growing did not develop at a cellular level mm. that it was supposed to yep. because i was eating these denatured processed foods and that is why there are a lot of people who are predicting that the lifespan of people in my generation are going to have shorter lifespans than our parents. Yes. Mostly because we are the processed food yep. generation. Yep. You know, when you think We're about going down some rabbit holes. No, no, that's fine. I love it. I mean, this is, you know, when you think about, you think about the, uh, the, uh, the, um, oh, it's Pottinger's cats. You think about that guy yeah. that, you know, the Pottinger's cat syndrome. That's what you're kind of describing is we're yeah. third generation going into fourth generation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, geneticists and, and gerontologists are already proving uh, that they don't talk about this anymore. Oh, we have the longest health span and, you know, because of modern medicine, 77.6 years or whatever. And what they don't, they haven't been talking about that in recent years because it's declining slowly yes. but surely. That trend is going in the direction where some professionals, educators in the area of, of health and wellness are uh, basically coming up with this notion that we're going to see in future generations kids not living as long as their parents. We're going to see that trend come. And it's because of what you're talking about. It's because of the diet, the denatured nature of food. Uh, we are not an agrarian society anymore. Uh, most people have crammed into the, the cities. And so the convenience consumption foods have taken over, uh, you know, the, the real foods. And and, and also you touched on the, uh, the RD situation. Isn't it the same people that are providing the education on the most recent food pyramid that strongly suggests that maybe, I don't know, Lucky Charms has better quality protein than steak and they're going by this food pyramid? 
Have you seen this new food pyramid? <laughs> it is, it's mind bending. The information that's going out there. It's tragic. It's tragic. I mean, it's <clears throat> in an ideal world for me, the food pyramid would be based on the least amount of food that you're eating is anything processed. My best friend, longtime best friend has this great saying, which is if it's white and powdery, it's addictive. Yes. Right. So that goes for white flour, table salt. I'm talking about sodium chloride. Yes, including the iodized sodium chloride. <laughs> it's talking about sugar. It's talking about, you know, anything white and powdery is addictive. That should be at the smallest, smallest part of the food pyramid. Yep. Second, and, and that also includes any processed fats. Like, I gotta be honest with you, <clears throat> Dr. Dan, I really am not down with all these people and practitioners trying to promote avocado oil as a healthy oil. Okay. Avocados in their naturally occurring state are absolutely healthy, but just like sunflower seed oil, safflower seed oil, canola oil, avocado oil is a processed refined food. Avocado oil in its naturally occurring state does not have a high smoke point. It has a very low smoke point, which is why we don't cook things with avocado, right? It's like avocado is best as a raw food. Yes. It is meant to be eaten at room temperature. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is from a tropical environment. That's where it grows best, but it is meant to be eaten at room temperature. It is not meant to be heated. And when it's been processed and refined into the oil form that it is, it is not naturally occurring. Please give me extra virgin olive oil. Like that is something that existed before the industrialization of food yes. because it can be made via cold pressing, yes. which is one of the best ways that you can get any oil. So the thing that I always tell people, I'm like, if it existed before the industrialization of food, guess what? You can eat it. If it doesn't, you should be really monitoring how much you're eating it. Yes. You know, we've had an opportunity to touch on many thought-provoking uh, concepts and ideas and topics. And I tell you, we could go again. <laughs> we could go on for 30 days. We could. <laughs> I want to, I want to kind of get, get into the mode of kind of wrapping things up. But I certainly want to thank you. Uh, Kate, for taking the time to be on Total Wellness Word. It's been amazing. Yes, promise me we will do it again in the future. Uh, I would love to, absolutely. What uh, what kind of goals or um, plans do you have for the future? Is there a, another course coming uh, in the future? Maybe a book? What, 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 what kind of activity do you have in that area? Ooh, that is a really good question. You know, to be honest, Dan, I... I've spent the last few years trying to survive the damn-demic mm, and yeah. I'm still recovering from it. So now that you've brought that question up, I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about the future in a while. And that is something I think I need to be putting some more time into. So thank you for bringing that up. Right now, I'm just working on sustainability and really getting this information out there, which is not really 
future-based. It's more just like present in the moment, trying to help inform the public and health practitioners how to make better, more informed choices about supplements. Kate, I'm That's really my goal. <laughs> I am confident that whatever you put your mind to, Kate, in this arena, you're going to bless and enhance the professional lives of many people around the world. I'm confident of that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. As we get ready to wrap this up, what final thought or comment would you like to leave our listeners with that brings them some empowerment on this issue? Okay, so I'm going to go back to something that I mentioned earlier in our discussion, which is if you don't know enough about supplements to, number one, know whether or not it's compatible with you or your client, and number two, know that you or your client's body is ready for it, you are better off spending your money and your resources on clean food and the cleanest um, water that you can source. That is my takeaway. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's wonderful advice. And as we get ready to wrap this up for Kate Mahoney in the greater Seattle area, I want to reiterate that she has two places of resources. I want to make sure that people know the uh, open resources, www.thesupplementacademy.com forward slash resources. That's really for all uh, who get to an opportunity to listen to the podcast. And for practitioners, please go to that same website address forward slash FSS15. And you can plug into Kate's uh, 60-hour course, continuing, continuing Education, on the topics we've covered today. So again, Kate, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I really look forward to chatting together soon. I as well. So for Kate again in the greater Saddle area, this is uh, Dr. Dan Young here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, signing off for another episode of Total Wellness Radio. That's going to do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Remember, if you are a practitioner in the healing arts and would like to have your own interview on Total Wellness Radio, please reach out to me, 307-631-5300. That's 307-631-5300. Send me a text message, your name and your modality, and let's get you scheduled to be on an upcoming episode of Total Wellness Radio.